Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Ah! So this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Game over, man. Game over. All right. Well, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. My name is Scott Herzog. Good afternoon. My name is Miles P. McLaughlin. And uh, we're excited to be here at Farpoint, Miles. Two long years, and uh, it's nice to be uh, with... uh, with fans again, hanging out, talking about the things we love. Yeah. Well, talking about the things we love, we were on our way down and talking about how this isn't a, this is kind of a funny story about our trip here to Farpoint. We were on our way to Farpoint yesterday talking about Sally Kellerman, who, of course. Sadly, we lost her last Thursday. This past Thursday, this right? Past Thursday, yes, yeah. Was, yeah. So, literally a few days ago. That's not the funny part of the story. Um, but what's funny about it, we were talking about it, we had, we had a chance to interview her in 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought, oh, you know, it'd be great to kind of put this interview up and like share, you know, this interview that we had done, you know, I guess 12 years ago, or 11 years ago. I can't do math, don't, don't judge. Uh, but, you know, we thought, oh, let's share this. So I began to look it up and said, okay, it has to be in the site somewhere. And I got to the site and our site had been hacked. You know, I was sending you to a medical site in Russia where you too can get your Viagra and everything else. So uh, not what the Sci-Fi Diner is about. We are not promoting that. So, um, of course, the good thing about it is we're on our way to a science fiction convention. Our medium is podcasting. And uh, the only way you can hear a podcast is through our site. And, of course, we're sending people to get Viagra in Russia. So go figure. Yes, that's not... Not, that, that's not what you want to do. It's not optimal. It doesn't help when you're press, right? So I was on the phone with GoDaddy, and they have they are supposedly taking care of it. Although we checked just five minutes ago, and it still wasn't up. So if you go to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast.com site, unless you're looking for some medical stuff from Russia, you will not find us. But it will be up. It will be up. They are working on it, and it's uh, unfortunately you can visit us on our Facebook page. We're there as well, and uh, maybe that's better luck of finding us there than our. Uh, our, our website right now but but our, but when our website is up uh, we have a really good catalog of past interviews with many of the guests at Farpoint and Shore Leave and yeah many uh, other places many other places also yeah this is our uh, what do we say what do we calculate our 13th year podcasting 13 years yeah 13 years that we were podcasting and um, and over 500 episodes so it's been a while not many podcasts last that long no um, in fact, statistically, I think they say that seven, like you, if you make it past like seven episodes and you continue to do it, um, very few pad- podcasts make it past the seven podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's what it used to be. I don't know. It's been a little bit since I researched it. But, but anyway, so Miles, we've been together for most of that. Yes, we've been geeking out about the sci-fi we love for over 10 years. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you came in episode eight and I kicked out the priest that was podcasting with me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it wasn't quite that simple there. But seriously, the guy that I started the podcast with, the, the podcast originally started as Dining at the End of the Universe, which was a riff, of course, on Douglas Adams 
in a restaurant at the end of the universe. So I thought, oh, let's do this. And um, so with podcasting with a, uh, a guy that I would just hang out with, it's Friday night, we get together, watch Stargate, Battlestar Galactic, Doctor Who. Um, and we would just talk about it, this stuff, just as friends. We said, oh, why don't we do a podcast on it? So we started it. And then about eight episodes in, he said he decided he was legit going into the priesthood. And he said, you know what, I think I'm going to step back from this. We were doing another podcast at the time that Miles had, I'd encountered Miles on called So a, so a Protestant and a Catholic Walk Into a Bar was the name of the podcast. So it's kind of an ecumenical look at some of these different ideas. And he stepped back from that one as well because he was worried that the uh, Catholic seminary may not look too fondly on it. Um, so, so whatever. But from then on, we've been together. And our very first podcast was on The Watchmen. Yeah, a bunch of us went, went, went to go see The Watchmen in theaters, and uh, you had the brilliant idea, let's just, let's just record our thoughts and uh, you know, what we thought of the movie. All I remember about that, Miles, was our discussion about how Dr. Manhattan's there on the screen. The naked blue guy. The naked blue guy on the screen, and there's people in the theater with their like four- and five-year-old kids. Small children. And I'm like, okay then. So, so I I guess to, they to find each your own, right? To each your own. That's just the way. It, that's the way it goes. But mm-hmm. um, many podcasts later, many interviews later, here we are, and it's great to be back at Farpoint and being here live after last year's kind of mini, mini virtual event and uh, seeing people around and seeing all the cosplay and interviewing all the people who've gotten to interview. Yeah, and, and like for for me, for you know, I've been away for two years. All of us been away for a while. I think, I think there's other conventions that have may have been happening, but this is the first con I've been in two years. It, it's great to see like-minded people, you know, hanging out, enjoying what we, we enjoy, uh, seeing people in these cool costumes again, and um, you know, just going to these panels. I haven't seen the celebrity guests yet. I'm looking forward to, to hearing their panels tomorrow. But uh, uh, you know, this con and and, and surely were you know two, two two highlights of my year, and so. The fact that they're happening again is is great. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely pretty awesome. We do have uh, later on. We're going to be talking about uh, various topics, and you're more than welcome to chime in here. We have a microphone up here if you do want to chime in and kind of share a little bit, um, just about what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's next on our agenda, Miles? So we've had a chance to do a couple interviews. We sat down with Zahn yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mara Jade today, and mm-hmm. and. Um, that was very cool. Some very cool interviews. Some authors that we've interviewed along the way. Yeah, the great thing is, I mean, there's a lot of um, authors just trying to get their work on the ground, and Farpoint's given them a, a forum, a place to introduce their work. And you know, if you look for some new reading material, or this this convention has lots of authors here uh, that that are trying to put out their stories, and um, you know, check them out. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, so. But uh, the big the big show that was that was on last year on Disney Plus, Boba Fett, the the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, started last year, ended just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, let's talk about a little bit about Boba Fett. So I, I, Star Wars fans have been wanting some kind of live action Boba Fett for 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 years. Uh, own movie. I mean, the idea of a Star Wars show wasn't even on the radar at the time, so maybe a Boba Fett movie. There's been some Boba Fett novels, but, uh, you know, Disney Plus finally, you know, gave us a, a, 
Yeah, so Boba Fett was always relegated to the level of the Legends books, right? You had the whole Legends series. He was back in those, and you saw him make various appearances over the years in the various Star Wars books. Uh, I mean, you know, the story was he climbed out of the Sarlacc pit and, you know, all that. And so I am glad that when we got the show, they played homage to that history in somewhat the way I imagined it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they... You figured Boba Fett did suffer injuries in the Sarlacc pit, and they did address that. He needed, you know, continued treatments from the in the back to tank. But, uh, um, but yeah, they, they. I mean, it, it was. I mean, there was a graphic novel about how Boba Fett survived, and you, like you said, they did. They did pay homage, and you know, uh, pretty much how, how he imagined Boba Fett getting himself out of there. Right. I think the other thing I was talking to. One of our other co-hosts who's not here, we podcast with uh, three other people that just couldn't make it this weekend to the con. Um, but I was talking to him about it, that one of the things I liked about Boba Fett is I felt like they redeemed the Sand People to some degree. The Sand People have always been like so vicious, right? They're the one, like Star Wars, they were, they, they were brutal, especially when you look at the attack of clones and what they did to like Anakin's mom and like there's brutality to them. Um, but I felt like we got, they were almost humanized in some way, their own tribe, their own, cult, their own culture, their own way of honor, and I thought that we got to see that in Boba Fett. Yes, they weren't just the other. They were, they were all, they were, they were a group of people. They had their own code of honor, and they, you know, they weren't just looked at as just another bad guy that that Luke Skywalker or somebody else had to deal with. I mean, they they, they were. They were group people that had, you know, that had their own, you know, that, that were own code of decency and honor, and that got explored more. Yeah, show. absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it was interesting, you know, there was a sense of loss then when they're all slaughtered, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's also for Boba Fett. This is the first time, like anytime you've seen Boba Fett before, it's been Boba Fett, the guy in the armor, the bounty hunter, pretty straightforward, not much conversation. Um, when he's thrown in with the Sand People, he becomes part, or earns his way as being part of that community. Right. And, it, and he's not just, I mean, yes, he has something to give, but they have something to give to him, too. I yeah. Think. Which he uses in the very last episode. Yes. Which I have problems with, but I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, but yeah, so I thought that the, the implementation, the, the way they worked with the Sand People was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the uh, Marshall, good to see the Marshall back. There were some nice callbacks to the Mandalorian in that show. Yeah, well, you know, this was, as they said, Mandalorian 2.5, right? They, many fans did. I mean, Scott and I did like like Boba, the book Boba Fett. Some fans didn't like it as much. I understand, you know. Yeah. It's, you know it's a well, for a bunch of episodes, you didn't even get Boba Fett. Or, like, you got, like, Fennet Shane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so pretty low-key regarding that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, it was interesting to see the way they put her back together with the, uh, I want to call them mechanic, but that's something else. But uh, whatever they call those people that... That gang that modifies... The, you know, that, the mods. The mods, yeah, yes. The they, they, yeah, they, they uh, augment themselves with droid parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So interesting to see that's the way they're putting the Marshall back together, it seems like, at the end. That's yeah. how they're healing them up, yeah. How they, how they healed Fennec Shan, that way. So you feel like, in a way, they kind of jumped the shark when, around episode five, suddenly it's the Mandalorian and no longer Boba Fett. Which is like, because we had two episodes in there, Book of Boba Fett, but no Boba Fett. Yeah, I wasn't sure what they were doing. I mean, I was happy to see the Mandalorian again, but uh, it was odd that they we weren't going to see Boba Fett in this whole episode. Yeah. Odd to see. It was great to see Grogu back. It was. Um, it was great to and see. And Luke. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka. And Ahsoka. Um, the, the mechanic who fixed... Uh, uh, Mando's ship in, in, in season one and two. It was great to see her back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was funny. She's she's a comedy in that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it felt like it, was, it did jump ship a little bit, kind of in the middle of it. Uh, but then, of course, it was brought back around toward the end. Quite a battle scene between uh, Boba Fett and his uh, and, and his group with um, against. Um, the the the, the, um, the Pike Syndicate. The Pike Syndicate, yeah. Yeah, um, of course. My issue with the very last episode is Cad Bane. So I love Cad Bane. I've loved Cad Bane since Rebels. Love Cad Bane in the Clone Wars, and um, love Cad Bane with the uh, limited. He was in the Bad Batch, and then they bring him in the first time in live action, the very last two episodes, and they kill him off right away. Hmm. Like that's the way it felt to me. I felt like I felt a sense of loss. Like, and because the moment you see him out in the desert walking toward town, I'm like, it's Cad Bane. And I was excited because he's he's almost like what Boba Fett was in the original trilogy. This baddie that's kind of out there, a bounty hunter that you don't cross. And it felt like they eliminated him. Um, maybe Disney and, you know... Favreau and all those know what they're doing and they have bigger plans down the line but for me I felt like that was a bit of a loss so. I didn't have as much attachment to Cad Bane that you did but, yeah. but Boba Fett needed to have a dragon to slay yeah. I did hear the complaint that Boba Fett talked too much what do you think of that well the show is named after him so it's, it's about you his you can't life. have a show without him talking right Man. he does need to talk I mean, he was just a supporting character in the original the trilogy, but you know, this is a show devoted to him. He, we gotta, he's got to talk. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, is it correct? This is just like a one-off. They aren't. Are they going to be doing another season? I haven't heard if they're doing a season two of both that or not. That's a good question. Yeah, my understanding was kind of a one-off, but we have Obi Wan to look at. Look forward to in the Star Wars universe coming down the pike. Right, and there's there's talk of a, an Ashoka series sometime. Yeah, that'll be coming down. So, mm-hmm. so this will be more live live action Star Wars, yeah. uh, new new live action Star Wars on Disney's Plus. Probably yeah. fourteen. Uh, Man- Mandalorian coming back next year for the third season. And uh, looking forward to that as well. Mm-hmm. All right, what else, Miles? Um. So so Mando gets a new ship. In, in the Book of Boba Fett. He does. The Naboo Starfighter, right? Well, it was nice to see that back. I'm more partial to the Razor's Crest, and <laughs> I feel Mando need, needs a bigger ship. He needs, I mean, the, the Razor's Crest was, was RV. He could travel the galaxy. Right, you could, like, have all sorts of people in there with you. Yeah. Right? And, it's great to see Grogu in the little droid port. It's just, uh, yeah. So I, I see it as a temporary thing. He's going to need a bigger ship uh, if he's going to be 
you know, on the road a lot. He's going to and not the out. only callback to the Clone Wars with the uh, droids that come in. It was the spider-like droids coming into the city at the end in their final battle. Mm-hmm. That's also kind of a callback because we haven't seen those since, you know, before Star Wars A New Hope. Because they, they were gone after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So this is kind of a, they're bringing back old droid stuff. So some nice callbacks, but felt a little bit out of place in the universe we're in. <laughs> but it would make sense that this stuff would still be around. Like they wouldn't have gotten, they wouldn't have been totally destroyed or wiped out, right? Uh, I'm sure, and, you know, I'm sure the black market would have sold this to the Pike. And, and it makes sense that they would, they, that they would, that they would be around. Yeah. Like they, that you would have relics of these mm-hmm. sitting around, even though we didn't see them in the, you know, the original three movies. It, it made for a, it made for a very very cool battle scene. It did. And the battle scene was was amazing. Uh, what what did you think of Boba Fett and the Rancor? Um, it was just nice seeing a Rancor again. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I thought it was, it was great that Mando tried to ride and tame the Rancor and he failed at it. And, yeah. Uh, Grogu that was successful. Yeah, Tammy was making him sleep. Mm-hmm. I, I did like when he flew off. I'm like, he's going to get the rancor, and so when that claw comes up over the edge of the wall, I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. bring it on. So it was it was great to see them, and because they alluded to that with the uh, call him Machete Man, but the guy that was the tamer. Oh, uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo. So he's in there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like when he brought when he said that he could ride him. I'm like, they they don't drop that in there without. Bringing that full circle. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, we were. I knew we were going to see the rancor again, uh, mm-hmm. and to see him, uh, see him riding it. Mm-hmm. It's also very, very cool. So yeah, I spoke of Boba Fett, and um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, someone said that we have to get off Tatooine, and Obi Wan looks like we're getting more of Tatooine. <laughs> Yes. Unless we get flashbacks in other places, but I mean that's where he's supposed to be, right? He's supposed to be in Tatooine for the next twenty years until right. you know, Luke comes of age and Of course it doesn't mean he has to be in Tatooine the whole time. I suppose he could take a trip back and then, then has to return because he still has to make sure he protects Luke. So Right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Kenobi too. And we know that uh Hayden Christensen is coming back for that, right? We did, we did hear yeah. So flashbacks maybe? Possible flashbacks, yeah. Um, but hey, hey we're, get, we're getting live action Star Wars, new, new live action Star Wars, uh, uh, and and I like it in this format. I, you know, the movies are great, but having a six or seven episode, you can really tell tell a, 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 a better, fuller story. I think. I think that the movies after the last three movies, you know. The Final Jedi, The Last Jedi, and you know, The Force Awakens. You know, but after these movies, I'm okay with not having movies for a little bit because they just didn't gel as well as we wished. There were some good moments about them, but they just were not the favorite. Yeah, probably the movie the, out of that batch of movies, probably the one I enjoyed the most was Rogue One. Yeah, which it wasn't even what that wasn't even a part of. Not, the not, trilogy, it, which, which you're right, it was. That was like, yeah, Rogue One was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see uh, what Disney does with the movies eventually. But, yeah, but we'll, we'll see what they do. Yeah. So, uh, what else have you been watching, Miles? Have you been into? Um, 
I'm really enjoying uh, Superman Lois on, on, on the CW. I think which I have not seen. So I, I really like what they've done. Uh, you know, after Crisis, they sort of rebooted Superman in a way. Uh, you know, he's married to Lois. They have uh, two uh, uh, teenage uh, boys, uh, fraternal twins. They find out one one is showing powers, the other one isn't. Um, you know, first season they dealt with uh, Superman finds out he has a half brother, and I'm gonna be spoiling folks. So if it, if, you know, if it's, <laughs> you don't want to know, sorry, but uh, I won't be too spoilery. The second, the second one, oh, he, he's dealing with Bizarro. It's a new take on Bizarro, which I think is great. Uh, but the writing is just superb. I think um, you know, it doesn't feel like a CW show. It, uh, it really feels like something else, but. But but in, in conversing with the people on Facebook about this, it's like yep, it's still it's still part of the Arrowverse, but 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 Crisis you know rebooted everything, so um, even them. So that's why it's got a different kind of a different look and feel. So I have not kept up with the CW superhero shows. I watched the first season or two of Arrow, mm-hmm. maybe watched one episode of The Flash, and then one episode of Supergirl, and kind of didn't really follow it. But you you followed most of that, right? I follow, yeah, I follow a lot of it. I mean, I've, um, I followed the Flash pretty faithfully. Uh, I followed uh, Legends of, of Tomorrow pretty faithfully. Uh, watched a little Supergirl. I'm not, I haven't watched any in any in a while. Um, but uh, um, I, I followed Arrow when Arrow was on. Um, so and so now they're calling it the Arrowverse. Yes, they're calling they're calling all these the Arrowverse. Yeah. And there's talk now that. HBO might be acquiring these shows sometime in the not too distant future. Uh, it's not Chisel and Stone yet, but it's um, I can see that it seems like HBO is acquiring other uh, DC, you know, DC properties. Right. So they're planning to become the DC magnet, maybe. They'll they'll they'll, they'll be the yes. They'll they'll, they'll be the ones. Maybe we'll get some better uh, DC movies out of the batch. Um. Well, there were some good ones, but it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so but, yeah. But you recommend Superman Lois. I think Superman Lois. It's a it, it is excellent. It's a whole new. Do you thing. think it's one of the better better written shows that have come out of that the Arrowverse? Definitely, yeah. So if I were to check out one, can I just leap into Superman and Lois, or do I have to go into some other no watch some you, other episodes? That, that's the great thing is because they, you you don't have to be familiar with the Arrowverse. You you can start at episode one, season one, and uh, pick up from there. Uh, there's only been one. There's been two characters from the Arrowverse we've seen this show, but you don't have to be fully aware of what they did before. I mean, Lois's sister is, is, is a character in, in season two. Uh, Deagle makes an appearance in season one, but uh, it's not. You're not going to. It's miss not it. essential. It's not essential, not essential for what we what you're what you're doing. In right. Season. Right. All right. Well, mm-hmm. good. Well, I mean, I may have to check it out then. Mm-hmm. I may have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Hawkeye was pretty good this past uh, on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, well, that, I guess that is kind of a Christmas, and then but we really haven't had a con since Christmas, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Hawkeye was certainly a fantastic show. Right. Mm-hmm. With Katniss Everdeen in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I'm sure. Uh, Kate Bishop. 
I'm sure people, you know, maybe more people are taking up uh, archery now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes one of people, it makes them want. I mean, it was a good show. I love how in the later of, since the the new series that have come out in the Marvel Universe, that are dealing with these characters aging. Yes, and, and, and even in, and dealing with their trauma. Their health is even failing. I mean, right. to a point, yeah. Yeah, and Hawkeye is losing his hearing. He doesn't jump back from fights quite as fast. Right. So I like that they do explore that because this is realistically up till then, or here up till you know, Endgame, our heroes were invincible. Yes, yes, and he's. I mean, he's one of the few superheroes that really has no superpowers of his own he's just a super soldier basically but a, a trained super soldier not a manufactured one i mean so um and he's a normal guy has a family family too um, very understanding wife <laughs> i question how what what her role in all this is though i i i think she has an interesting history that we, that we will eventually learn i hope i hope we learn it like that watch there's significance there mm-hmm so it'll be interesting to see what her connection is to everything. Mm-hmm. But, but I liked it. I thought that the show, the tracksuit bandits were a bit of a f- funny comedy in the middle of all that. Yeah, they, they, they still have that. One thing when you go when you see a Marvel, an MCU movie, you expect a certain, something from the dialogue. Even even, even your, your, your bad guys are, are funny uh, or... I mean, so you expect snappy dialogue. I mean, there's a scene when um, Kate, Kate Bishop's fighting Alina. She says, "Stop making me like you," and uh, she and she's like, "Can't help it," you know. Right. Um, but that's that's what now, you she was funny. I loved her role. Oh, Alina. Oh yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was fantastic. In right. And a great tie into Black Widow earlier in last year. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she'll be the new Black Widow. In late, maybe, later projects, it'd be great to see that. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to see that. Mm-hmm. And Kingpin, they bring Kingpin in from Daredevil. Yes, they did, and um, that was a, that was a nice uh, little crossover there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's still around. They didn't kill him off. No, 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 and it seemed like I don't, and they didn't arrest him either. So he's still out there. Yeah, he, he, we'll see him again somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of Marvel, we, we both saw The Eternals, which got panned at the uh, box office pretty well. But um, we watched it later on, and I went in with pretty low expectations because of everything. And uh, it wasn't the worst movie I've seen. I don't think it was as bad. I just don't think it was, it's very rememberable. And that's, I mean... And maybe that's the issue. Like Marvel has set such a... We were talking about this earlier, that Marvel has set such a high standard in their movies. So when you get one that maybe doesn't carry itself the way the others did, it seems like it's a very bad movie. And it's not terrible. It, it's like, yeah, it's just... After I saw it, I was like, yeah, that was nice. I, I don't necessarily... I was know. entertained. Like if a movie's meant to entertain me, it, it entertained me. I just feel like I don't need to see more. If there's more, I thought you know this was this was good, and I, you know move on. But um, you know, I think that Marvel is probably hoping they can get another you know franchise, get get some more movies out of this one. But I, I don't think they will. Uh, there was at the end. There's allusions to an Eternals too. 
Yes. Do you think they'll follow through? I think they were hoping for it, but I don't think I don't think it got the. It chance. depends on what this greater arc is. If it's needed to play into the greater arc. And if there is some, I mean, whose brother do we see at the end that shows up? Um, I forget. They had that cameo at the end. They, uh, Thanos' brother was it? Thanos' brother? Well, was that Thanos' brother? Yeah. Now you say that, but see, I mean, I, I watched it and I, and I and I barely remember it. So yeah, you can't even recall the name, right? Maybe so, that's telling it of itself, right? So it was. It was just. That's the best way to describe this movie. It was just. It, was nice but kind of just forgettable which i guess so it's not often that the marvel the marvel does that for us yeah mm -hmm. but yeah well we'll see what they do with it mm -hmm. see how see how they pick that up but. Um, this past year we also uh once our sites fixed um we went through all the Star Trek um, pilots. We just wanted a, kind of like a, a fresh look at, at them. And we tried to have uh, an author with us uh, when we could uh, look at those. So, um, you know, if you, you want to hear, hear, hear an interesting conversation about the, the Star Trek pilots, all, all of them, um, we, we reviewed all those last year. John Jackson was on, we had um, mm -hmm. Dayton Ward. Uh, Dayton Ward was with us on one. Uh, Larry Nemechek. Uh, Keith DeCanado who yes. was on with the Voyager one. And Doug Drexler, who's not an author. No, but we, we, we so we did, Doug Drexler joined us for one of our shows. We were going to talk about uh, Deep Space Nine because he had a, he, a heavy influence on as far as the visual effects on Deep Space Nine, but it was more about talking about him, his life, and his career in Star Trek. Which was fine. Which was, was great. That was what we were planning on, right? Yeah, we were planning right. on talking about Deep Space Nine, but we we began to talk more about what, you know, everything he's had his hand in when it comes to Star Trek. He's had a very fascinating career, and he's fighting cancer right now. So you know, keep him in your thoughts and prayers as uh, as, as he as he continues to uh, go this journey and hope, hopefully recovery. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Star Trek, are you keeping up with the the new Discovery? I am. I, I I've, I've been watching Discovery and enjoying it. And what are you thinking of season four? Um, you know, some some of the pushback is it, it's a they're dealing with another universe-ending crisis. Crisis, and that that, that doesn't bother me so much. Uh, there's some interesting fan theories. Who 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 is you know? There's there's this mysterious um, thing calling it the. Um, the dark matter anomaly and it's going through solar systems and um, the best comparison I come up with is, is actually um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, those aliens that come to Earth and destroy the Earth and but before they destroy the Earth they tell the people, it's like, look, we've already filed the, the necessary paperwork, you know, right. you, you, you people gotta, you know. Putting in a super highway, we're good. You know, you, you need to pay attention more to inter interstellar politics and, or, and, and uh, you know, and uh, they blow up the earth and that, that's what this group sort of reminds me in a, in a tongue-in-cheek sort of way um, they're going through solar systems they say they're they're building something that's why they're destroying you know they're not just destroying planets for the sake of destroying them it's and, and they're trying to try to understand it but they're doing a lot of nice callbacks to Star Trek from you know, other things from Star Trek before uh, we saw a changeling in one episode 
they, they talk about the, 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 the galactic barrier, which they talked about more in the original series. They're, they're dealing with that here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. But more than anything, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to Picard. I think we'll have that coming down the pike in just a few weeks. Just a few weeks. So we'll, we'll see Picard. I'm looking forward to that. That will be good. Yeah, that Hugh and Picard is going to be phenomenal. It'll be great to see him back. Right. Uh, it'll be an interesting time travel uh, episode. Um, but I'm hoping it'll be more, you know, I'm looking forward to the, the philosophical wrestling that Picard and Q did throughout the uh, next generation. Uh, ho- hopefully, it'll be, hopefully there'll be more of that in this too. Any word on any of the cameos coming out for Picard? Uh, the only one we, we, we definitely know about, uh, Whoopi Goldberg is reprising her role. Oh, yes, not, because she's in the trailer. Yeah, that, but otherwise, I haven't heard anything else. Uh, I was hoping, you know, this next week would be more of a, we would see some more of the cast from TNG. I mean, when we saw the first season of Picard, we saw Riker and, and, and Troy make an appearance. I mean, I think that was probably everybody's favorite episode in the whole thing, because right. we want to see Picard and, and, you know, get back together with the band. And uh, and when he shows up at the end, right? When Riker shows up, yeah, flying a ship at the end, absolutely incredible. And, of course, 7 and 9. Yeah, seven nine is a great addition to this uh, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Picard's coming down. We're looking forward to uh, Picard, and mm-hmm. you're looking forward to Strange New Worlds, the Captain Pike series. Um, that's I think that's coming out in May. Um, is it probably after Picard is done? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, is CBS's goal still to have tr- Trek on all the time, like new Trek coming down all the time? I think so. Um, I think when when one series wraps up, then another series will uh, take its place. Uh, so the, I think the goal is to eventually have a, a Star Trek series, uh, you know, twelve months out of the year. But do you the, think that do you think that we're going to be tired of Trek? There's always the risk of, of franchise fatigue, uh, tr- like Trek fatigue or something like that. Yeah, it, uh, hopefully, as long as, as long as the shows are good, I, I think we'll be okay. And it's an interesting blend between live action and animation right now. Yeah. And maybe that variety, too. If it's something different, a really different track, the next... I mean, you have the humor and the parody that Lower Decks is, so it's not really traditional track, per se. Yeah. Um, well, and the new one, Prodigy, I mean, it's sort of similar to other track. It's, it's, it's all CGI, you know, track... Uh, uh, but they, they, they've done some things to harken back to the track that came before. Right, right. And is that that's one that Janeway is part of? Yeah, Hologram Janeway is part of that one. Yeah, the Hologram Janeway. So mm-hmm. it'll be great to have her back in the universe, too. Yeah, so we had season one wrapped up a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm not sure when season two will be out, but I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get a season two. Yeah. And you watched it all? I, did wa- I, I, I watched and enjoyed uh, Prodigy, yeah. Good, good. I have not. Mm-hmm. So, I watched Discovery up to the end of season three, and then I have not watched season four. So, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit aware of what's going on, but I just haven't kept up with that. Actually, what I'm rewatching right now with my son is The Mandalorian. So, that's a good thing to rewatch. It is. So, we're like episode. We, we actually are up to the final episode of season one. Okay. So, we're almost through season one, and maybe we'll watch season two. Mm-hmm. And we'll go from there. But. Yeah, very cool. So, 
Um, as far as movies coming down the pike, anything you're looking forward to this year, movie-wise? Uh, the new Batman intrigues me. That's coming out in a few weeks. Yeah, it's uh, one that uh, with um, the uh, sparkly vampire in it. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. That's all. When I think of Robert, Robert Patterson, when I saw him, I think of him. That's all it is, right? Doesn't now, mind you, the trailer in, in no way looks like he's a sparkly vampire. I'm just saying that it's him, the actor that does it, and he doesn't. He doesn't look very sparkly in this trailer. That's for sure. Looks kind of brutal. This will be our first um, angry, vengeful Batman that we've well, seen. Christian, Christian Bale, I thought, was angry and vengeful at times. Yeah, but not like this. But this is taking it to a whole new level. Yeah, this is this is leveling him up on his angry and vengeance. And yeah. I mean, you kind of get, like, if your parents are killed and you don't deal with this crap, then you're going to... Turn out like that. Yeah, you're turning. <laughs> it's a different side of a Batman that we see coming out, and um, I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to see this in theaters. Are you planning to see this in theaters? I might see it in theaters. My girlfriend sort of has an interest in it, and so if she wants to see it's it, because there's a sparkly vampire. In it. That's all reason she's watching it. I'm gonna have to ask her if she's a Twilight fan. I don't know. That's Team Edward or Jacob, man. So yeah, but. If you're a Twilight fan, so sorry, I do like to goof on Twilight. Yeah, but yeah, so um, but you're looking forward to that. Who is the? Uh, do they have a villain in that movie? The Riddler is going to be the. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. So, and that drops this next month, right? Yeah, coming out in a few weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, let me know if you go see it. Maybe I'll I will. Go, maybe I'll go see it with you. Maybe. <laughs> Probably won't take Kiefer though. No, this is this will, this will give nightmares. Yes, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else this year that I'm really stoked about. I've actually haven't kept up with the movie scene quite as well. I've been reading. I finished the uh, last Expanse book that it dropped, and I'm rereading uh, Lord of the Rings. Andy Circus reading Fellowship of the Ring. So I own Fellowship of the Ring on paperback. I, I own it on Audible in one version, and now I own it on another version because, after all, you can't have too many Lord of the Rings hanging around. If you don't have Andy Circus version, you I know. If you don't have Andy Circus reading it, then do you really have Lord of the Rings? Is a real big question. Yeah. Um, but I'm almost through it and absolutely loving it. Good. So he does a great job. Mm -hmm. So, although Gollum still hasn't voiced himself yet, so we won't get that till. The next book, but but my understanding is they plan to have him read all three, mm -hmm. so which means I have to rebuy all three. But that's all right. I'm sure you'll be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Twist my arm. Twist mm -hmm. my arm. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm reading that right now. Is kind of the thing that I'm into. Mm -hmm. So, and as far as uh, what are you reading right now? You're into time travel stuff, right? Yeah, so I'm just looking on Amazon and just looking at uh, time travel novels. And, and so, some of them, a lot of authors are just, uh, this is just getting started out. They don't even have paperback versions of their books, but they have Kindle versions of their books. And so they're, they're very affordable. And so I'm just getting my hands on whatever you know, time travel novels are uh, for available for the Kindle. I've been reading a lot of those lately. And uh, speaking of time travel, did you finish La Brea? Uh, I did watch it to the end, yes. Mm -hmm. And did you like it? I, I did like it, yeah. Because that's time travel, right? It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Because I never watched it. I couldn't get, I tried to, the, the first episode I tried twice. Okay. And I didn't make it very far. 
So it didn't it didn't catch me, but I'm glad that you liked it. I knew that you loved time travel as part of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, speaking of time travel, there's an interesting time travel that was on HBO Max. Um, um, it, it, uh, it was produced in uh, Norway. Uh, it was called Be Foreigners, and it, it's, it's been on for, ran for two seasons. I'm hoping they'll, they'll they'll have a season three. But the premise is these time warps, for lack of a better word, open up in the in the waters in Norway, either in, in in the ocean and, and lakes and rivers, and people from three different time periods are coming out of it. Uh, uh, people from the prehistoric era, people from uh, the, the the Viking era, and people from the uh, 19th century and it's the first episode you, you see this phenomenon happening then they fast forward 15 years and so it's a TV series it's a TV series on HBO and, and did it just start um, I, I'm not it's not it's not that old but it, it's, already, it's already ran for two seasons okay All right. um, season two is running this year because I had to wait each week for a new episode to drop but okay. um, but they uh, but 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 now they have these people from different time periods, um, and so they're just part of the story is integrating them into society. And um, uh, one of the, the it takes place you know it's a police station, and one 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 of the uh, the new the, the new cops uh, she's uh, from the uh, ancient Norse period. She was a you know a Viking, and the, um, but that was an interesting time travel series just. People from different time periods, their worldviews, but butting up against other people's worldviews and uh, uh, trying to work work with that. So, what is the name of the series again? Uh, Be foreigners. Be foreigners. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you for those of you that did join us here. The few of you that are here, and we appreciate that. Um, if you do want to find out more about us, we're in the SciFiDinerPodcast.com. When it's not redirecting you to a medical site, um, but it will be uh, that should be up and running today sometime. And obviously our Facebook page, you can check it out then. But, uh, wow, it's good chatting with you here again. Likewise, thank you for joining us. And it's good to be here at Farpoint 2022. So.